Welcome. You're about to listen to the word of empowerment with Reverend Prosper Asamwa, the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary International. Now, the sermon. Father, we thank you for another day. Shall we open our mouths and begin to pray? If you pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, thank God for another day in this house. Thank God. Thank God for his presence in our midst. Thank God for the opportunity to be called his children. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for another day in your house, another day to hear from you, another day to fellowship with one another. Put your hands together. You may be seated. Please have a seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've asked for some details. You've not given me. Can I have the details of our friends who are worshiping with us today? Please. Okay. We have a youth group that is fellowshipping with us today. They are in the camp. It's a fellowship, youth fellowship. They are in camp somewhere. And they chose to fellowship with us this morning. And This evening, this evening they have a musical concert. They chose our place a few a few months ago, and so and incidentally, incidentally they are going to uh, enjoy our new makeup. <laughs> Hallelujah! But it's all to the glory of God. Hallelujah! So as many of you as can join join them as they worship God and praise God tonight um, from 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. I'll give you the details as we go. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for another day. Do, do you like the background? Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you very much. If you said you didn't like it, I'll show you the people who did it. <laughs> but if you like it, then clap for me. <laughs> but we thank Pastor Black, Pastor McAfee, and uh, Brother Atu for the hard work and the sacrifice and many other people. Thank you very much. And Pastado made sure the painting and everything was properly done. Thank you. Put your hands together for them. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God. Amen. Yes. Last week, we were talking about light and darkness. And I want to um, continue there. Because that determines what happens to us. It determines our future. We must understand that there are, there's light and darkness. Okay? So, let's, let's shoot. Last, year, last week I quoted the scripture, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of of his beloved son. So that's what Jesus did. When he came and died for us, he took us, those who believe, not everybody, those who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Then he took you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That is what happened. So there are two kingdoms. There are not three, two. You You either belong to the kingdom of Jesus Christ the kingdom of light, or it belongs to the kingdom of darkness, which is controlled by Satan. 
nobody can tell you that there is, uh, I don't, I'm not a Christian or I don't believe in Jesus, but I'm not in darkness. It's a lie. If you are not with Jesus, you are in darkness too. No middle place, no third one, nothing. No gray area. So there are two kingdoms. And we must make a choice which kingdom we belong to. There are many of us, we have decided I want to belong to the kingdom of Jesus. Yet, there are some things in the kingdom of darkness that we still want to bring to the kingdom of Jesus. It's not acceptable. Every kingdom has its rules. Every kingdom has the way they operate. The kingdom of darkness is the kingdom of Satan. And the kingdom of light is the kingdom of Jesus. And it's God. I'm recapping what we said last week. The kingdom of darkness is a place of sin. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is knowing what is good and not doing it. Sin is not complying to the commandments of Jesus, the commandments of God. If I say commandment, don't, man shouldn't go to ten commandments. There are many instructions in the New Testament which we must obey. I repeat, the fact that we hear sermons, and they are, many of them are true, that we are not under law, but we are under grace, doesn't mean that we, we are lawless. Doesn't mean that we can do anything and go scot-free. There are things that are done in the kingdom of Satan, which are exclusively for, which should be exclusively for them. It shouldn't be brought to the kingdom of light. So the kingdom of darkness is a place for sin. Rebellion against God. And rebellion is the cardinal sin, is the main sin, is anything, any other thing is just rebellion. Rebellion against God. Doing things not to please God or doing things that will not please God is rebellion against God. And then the kingdom of light is a place of forgiveness of sins. Jesus died for the whole world so that anybody who believes will become a believer, will become a child of God. But the forgiveness works. It doesn't, doesn't work in the kingdom of darkness. His forgiveness works in the kingdom of light. So you must be translated, then the forgiveness will work on you. You can't be operating in the kingdom of darkness and, and, and claim forgiveness. It doesn't work that way. The kingdom of darkness controls the lust of the flesh. But the kingdom of light sends the Holy Spirit to lead us. Some desires of the flesh are controlled by the kingdom of darkness. There are some evil desires, wrong desires. And it's the kingdom of darkness that controls it. So we must always make a choice. Whether we want to follow our flesh. If I say flesh, I don't mean our body. I mean that spirit that is against the Holy Spirit. That spirit that is opposed to the Holy Spirit. We call it flesh. And he wants to do things that will oppose the Holy Spirit. He and the Holy Spirit, they've been struggling. In, in us, they've been struggling. We want to do the right thing, but the flesh, which is the other spirit, also pulling us back to do the other thing, as Paul said in Galatians. And the kingdom of darkness is a place of lust. Lust. And the kingdom of light is a place of love. There are many captivities that men are under, and it is a function of the kingdom of darkness. Some sicknesses, some lack of prosperity, some problems, some early deaths, some various captivity that many people go through is because of the kingdom of darkness. They are originated from the kingdom of darkness and they sometimes control us, even though we are believers. They even affect us, even though we are believers. Because the spiritual realm is a realm of law. There's law in the spiritual realm. If you do this, you get that. It's a law in the spiritual realm. So if you go and obey Satan, then you become a child of Satan. And then captivity comes. And there are some things that if you go and commit it to Satan, he will make sure that it, he controls it forever. 
So there are some things when we do, you bring Satan's hand into your, into your life. It is the law of the spiritual realm. And there are some things when you do, you bring God's hand into your life. So we must make a choice that if you're in the kingdom of God, you are doing this or that. We can't be in the kingdom of God and be doing just anything that the devil asks us to do. Once you obey him, you become his slave. And he will reward you accordingly. Liberty and peace is a benefit of the kingdom of God. When you have God, you have liberty. But liberty does not mean just do anything. Liberty, that means that you are not in bondage. You are free. Liberty means that the devil does not have control over you. But God rather has. In the presence of God, there's liberty. In the presence of Satan, there's bondage. May you be free from bondage. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are some things that we do that cause the devil to be upon us, ourselves. There are some things that we didn't do, but other people did. That has caused the devil's hand to be upon us. There are some things that the environment we find ourselves will cause a certain amount of the devil's hand to be upon us. But it's my prayer that as we learn the word of God, as I teach you today, each one of us shall be free in the name of Jesus Christ. We are live on Tardy FM 99.1. Don't change your dial. Remain on this dial because I'm going to teach how to overcome darkness in our lives. Hallelujah. Now, how to overcome darkness? Overcoming darkness. Because the world is full of darkness, and we have been pulled out. The devil does not want us to, be, to have that freedom. So he's always finding ways to pull us back. He's always finding ways to stretch his hand, to, to find a way of assigning demons to come and pull us back, to bring some darkness into our lives. Last week, I spoke a lot about darkness. Today, I want to teach on one of the ways, or a couple of the ways, how we can free ourselves, how we can shine in the light. Hallelujah. The principle is that we have been trans translated to the kingdom of light, and we are in the kingdom of light. But the kingdom of light, the, the, the light itself must be inside us too. So even though we are in light, we must have the light inside us because we, we, we are conformed to this world. And the Bible says we should not be conformed to this world but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And our minds form a substantial part of our heart. So the things that are in our mind, the things that are in our emotion, our soul, and our conscience forms our heart. If we say heart in the Bible, we don't mean the machine in your chest. It is your, your will, your emotion, your mind, and your conscience. And you carry it. So we must change our heart. And if you change your heart, then you can have control. Because the devil is always trying to have access to our heart. Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. That, that issues there, I don't know why they use that word. But from my study, the original Greek word or Hebrew word for that issues is boundaries. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the boundaries of your life. The boundaries that you set in your heart, that determines how far your life will go. You set boundaries against the works of the flesh, against strife, against enmity, against licentiousness, against adultery, against fornication, against lesbianism and uh, or the other one, homosexuality, You've, you must set boundaries. The boundaries that you set will determine. If you set boundaries of the Holy Spirit and you, it guards your heart, then out of that will good things come. So we need to change our heart. We need to guard our heart. We need to make sure our hearts have set certain boundaries that will make us prosper in life. That will make the darkness go away. So how do we do that? We've got to feed our hearts. Very often, as we were growing as Christians, 
many of us went through discipleship. We were told that we must study the word of God, and if you meet your, your, your senior in Christ, or your, yes, your senior in Christ, call your senior in Christ, or your father in Christ, or anybody ahead of you, they will ask you, have you read the Bible today? What did you study? And then, hey, you are backsliding. You must read the Bible. <laughs> that sort of thing. And then we, we, we read the Bible because we want to account to the person or the people around us that we have read the Bible. Have you prayed? How did you pray? How many hours did you pray? That sort of thing. So we are doing it to account for that. That becomes a law of some, some, some sort. But today I want to teach you why we have to study the Bible. It's not to account to me. Because when I meet you, I mean, I may never ask you, have you read the Bible today? I may never ask you, have you prayed today? It's not to account. In this modern day and age, I don't think those things happen like it used to happen in our days. When uh, Christianity or discipleship was the main thing for every born again Christian trying to bring up everybody. But we ourselves must be self-motivated to be able to read the Bible. And why should we read the Bible? Because the Bible is a way, the, the word of God is one sure way of dispelling darkness. The word of God is the surest way of dispelling darkness from your life. So the pain we go through, the captivity, the agony, the problems, the issues, the hand of the enemy trying to cast spells and things, whether in, in the environment, in our family, in our generations, wherever, in our in, there are some industries that have captivity in it. There are some businesses. When you go into that business, there's captivity. There are some towns, there are some cities, there are some countries. It's, it's, they are under a spell. There are some families under a spell, villages under a spell. If you find yourself there, you struggle. But one sure way is the word of God. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. It says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Hallelujah. He says the words of the prophets is talking to the word of God, the scripture, the words of scripture. We must do well to pay attention to them because they are like a lamp shining in darkness. So as you pay attention to the word of God, it's like light. In fact, it is a light shining in darkness. So as you meditate on the word of God, as you read the word of God, as you constantly read the word of God, it is like light. It's light in your heart. It is shining. It will be shining gradually. It will be getting brighter and brighter, like a light shining in a dark place, until the dawn, until the day dawns. So it, it, it doesn't happen at once. That's why when you come to Christ, like uh, the person who went to the fetish, went to the shrine, is immediately gets response, gets answered. By the time they arrive, uh, whether there's a snake uh, vomiting money, or some business happens and things you don't know, somehow suddenly they get money. But when you are a Christian, they say, God is slow. God wants you to build roots. And that's how the word of God works. You build roots. So as you are studying the word of God, you are knowing your identity in Christ. You are knowing what is wrong, what is right. You are knowing the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know uh, about Jesus Christ, your salvation, who you are, what God is, and all those things as we, you, you learn. You read your Bible, you come to church, we preach, it opens your eyes. When you read the Bible, you understand it further, that sort of thing. Then gradually you are building roots. And as those roots are being built, apart from the roots being built and stabilizing you, you, it is light. It is light shining. Gradually. You could be from a family where you are cursed, you can't go to school, you can't go beyond a certain point, you don't grow beyond a certain age, there's a certain disease that kills every man in that, village, in that place, every woman goes to marriage and comes back where, with two children without a, without a man, and all those, it could be anything. But as you are reading the Bible, I assure you, as you read the Bible, as you meditate on the word of God, gradually, you will see that the light will be shining. Because those things are darkness. That has been put upon you. But as you are reading the word of God, the, the word of God will be working will be shining, will be shining. And when the light comes, the darkness cannot comprehend. The darkness cannot stand it. Hallelujah. So Peter is saying that, pay, do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in the darkness. You see, if you put a lamp in a dark place, you must pay attention to it. 
you, you, don't, you don't just leave it and go. You must, pay, you must know the lamp is here. And then you make sure that it is light, it's growing and growing and growing. Psalm 119, verse 105. This is popular. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's not a physical light. It's a spiritual light. It's something that's happening in your heart. As you read the word and you meditate on the word, it becomes a lamp to your feet. As you, you take steps, it directs you. As it takes steps, it shows you what to do. Because the light of God, first of all, will reveal to you. He will speak to you. And what does he speak to you? You will know in your heart. And apart from all the devil knows what is in your heart. And he cannot stand it. So you must be consistent. That's why when you're reading your Bible for a while, you see that something will crop up and you don't read for two days, three days, and that sort of thing. Before you realize you're giving up. Don't give up. It's your light. It's the light of your life. We cannot live in darkness. Can you live in darkness? No. When it's night and then, uh, as usual in Ghana, the power goes off. Lights go off. And you are confused. You can't do it. You don't know where to go. You don't know. You can't see anything. Your life is messed up until the light comes back. So it is. The devil brings darkness. He brings curses. He brings spells. They are there, hanging. You are born again. The opportunity to be born again is to, is to have the ability to receive the light. And that light is what will shine gradually. You are born again. You will be translated to the kingdom of light. But you have to work on your body, work on your mind, work on your emotion, work on your heart. And the, that will be the light that will dispel the enemy. It will dispel, dispel darkness. All the darkness of the enemy ends up in our heart. So as we put on the, la the lamp in our heart, it shines. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light. Like as I'm speaking, I'm giving light to you. As you go and meditate on the word of God, you are receiving light. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. The light that we need to dispel the darkness of the enemy is in the word of God. Hallelujah. I've always said, sometimes you don't know how to meditate, you don't know what to do, which part of the Bible should I read? I'm saying, read any part of the Bible because the words in the Bible are spirit. As you read the Bible, without meditating, just read any part of the Bible. Whether it is, and, 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 what? And Methuselah beget, Methuselah beget what, and they beget those ones. When you're ready, you jump. You just read it. They all have the anointing, and there's anointing inside. Hallelujah. There's anointing in it. Just read. Read the Bible. Take any part of the Bible and read. Old Testament, New Testament. Read. And as you read, there's light in your body. It's a spiritual book. And sometimes, our brothers, the Muslims, seem to know that principle more than we do. They, they read the Quran, they read, they memorize it, they read it. But it's not as spiritual as our book. But we want to be gentle. We don't want to make, be shouting and making noise and say, they, they just go, there, yeah, 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 yeah. and they are doing this. They are, they are learning it offhand. They know it. They know it. I imagine we Christians reading the Bible every day, the way they do it. The light that will shine in our lives. Well, I'm teaching you this so that you can be free. And you alone, when you get free, you can release your family. Your family that's on a, on a case. You can release them. Once there's one light shining bright, it can take care of the whole family. And your generations. Some things have passed on from generation to generation. It has got to a point. You see that now it is passing on to your children. We will stop it. In the name of Jesus Christ. And the light that will dispel that darkness is the word of God. Someone Verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the, scum, of the scoffers. Jesus' coming does not change this, that you can walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you can stand in the way of sinners, you can sit down with scoffers, those who don't value God or respect God, those who make fun of God and mock God. You can stay with them and be with them and be happy with them and, and yet you, you succeed because you are born again. Jesus died for our sins so we are free by grace. No, it doesn't change that. I believe in grace a lot but I think that we are 
messing up with grace. Because it's like, oh, you should be lawless. You can't do that. But he says, the person who will succeed, who will do well, is the one whose delight, verse 2, is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. The principles of God. The words of God. And in this law, he meditates day and night. Your meditation will determine your, how far your prosperity will go. Listen. The people, you see, you may be struggling, you're a Christian, you're struggling because you're not doing your Christianity well. You're not doing the things you must do as a Christian. But let me tell you, those you see succeed. They, they are either in the secret place with God or they are in a secret court with the devil. You cannot be neutral and make it in this life. God has brought you this far by your small, small Bible reading, small, small prayer, and that sort of thing, that sort of thing. But you can go further than where you are. And you should go further than where you are by meditating on the word. So you are blessed if you prosper, if you meditate on the word day and night. That is where our power is. We can do it. That's why in, in church circles we say that we don't build church on prophecy or on, yes, on prophets and things. We build church by teaching. So I've been called to that high office of teaching to bring you to the point where you will know the word. You understand. And I've told you that we are moving. We, we've done a lot of the love of God. You know it. We'll, we'll keep doing some small. The wisdom of God, you know it. We'll keep doing some. But we are moving to the place of the power of God. As a church, our motto is three-pronged. Manifesting the love, the wisdom, and the power of God. And for us to work in the power of God, we need to understand some of these principles, some of these things. These are keys to success. So don't be frustrated in life. Go to your Bible. When things are not working, go to your Bible. When things are working, still go to your Bible. Be there. Prepare for the, for the rainy day. Prepare for, 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 for the winter. Go to the ants. That's like that. And the things that you prepare for the bad day is your word of God. Hallelujah. See, but his delight is the law of the Lord. And in this law, he meditates day and night. Then he will be like a tree planted by the streams of water and yields its fruit in each season. So whatever fruit you want, is it children, is it whatever, is it marriage, is it money, you, you, you yield your fruit in season by meditating on the word of God. There are some aspects of captivity that is dependent on us for us to be free. And there are some aspects, too, that the Lord God will have to intervene. Even that we have to attract him to intervene by our prayer. But I'm talking about the part that we have to do, the word. And your leaves are not with that, and what you do will prosper. Hallelujah. So the word of God in meditation. That's why Joshua 1.18. And these are principles there in the New Old Testament, but they still work in the New Testament. It's the same word of God. It is, it is the same God. Let's not confuse ourselves with grace and say because of grace, some of these things don't happen. Everything's automatic. Once you get born again, the day you say you accept Christ, everything's new, you are fresh, you prosper, everything. You don't have to do anything. You are not under any law. Nobody should give you. No. There are some laws. There are some principles you must obey. I don't, I'm not putting you into bondage. I'm putting you on the right path. Because in every kingdom, there are rules. In every kingdom, there are principles. In every kingdom, they have their way, they do their things. You cannot be in one kingdom. That's why they say if you go to Rome, you do what Romans do. Ghana here, you can't buy, uh, how do you call it, kinky, and be eating on the street and going. That's our, our local food. You can't do that. You can't be eating kinky on, on, on the road. But in Ghana, we don't do that. But in Ghana, you can be by the street side. Just stand somewhere in VV and walk away. When you go to London, you can buy McDonald's and be eating on the street. It's okay. That's their law. For them, they can, you can do that. But you can't VV anywhere. So every kingdom has its own rules. Every kingdom has its own rules. And you cannot be in one kingdom and doing things in another kingdom. And the kingdoms are ruled by different people, even opposing people. Now, let me move on to the word again. 
by this time in prayer. I've talked about the word in meditation. Joshua 1.8 said, you will make your way prosperous if you do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditation means talking, saying it, reciting it. As you say something, you can't be thinking of something different. The thing you are talking about, that's what you can, you, you, you'll be thinking about. And gradually, it gets into your mind, it gets into your heart. So, but let's talk the word in prayer. Ephesians 6 from verse 10. We believe in prayer as a church, as a people, as born again. God says we should pray. But our prayer must be word-based. Our prayer must be based on what God has promised or what God has said. Our prayer must not be uh, uh, just an emotional outburst. Oh, uh, oh God. Hmm. Oh God. Uh, then you are crying. And, uh, sometimes tears move God. But very often his word moves him more. So our prayer must be in his word. So for you to pray the darkness off, for you to overcome the darkness, prayer is important. And the prayer must be in the word. You must pray based on the word. And Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 6, verse 10, and said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He is talking to believers. The devil is coming against believers. Let's not deceive ourselves. He's coming against believers. And as soon as I go born again, I don't see what God is doing. He didn't say, oh, I've, I've been praying, I've been doing this. Eh, I go born again, and God, but I, I was told that when you get born again, the God will be for you, he will support you, he will cover you, he will provide everything you need. Life, but uh, I've been born again, and you are frustrated. Listen, you must put on the whole armor of God to resist the schemes of the enemy. The enemy is a schemer. It's a schemer. In football, there's, there's some people called schemers. Normally, they are number six or number eight. They stand there, and when the ball comes, they pass here or they pass there. They, put it, they, they try to find a way to get the striker to score. The devil is a schemer. He's always finding a way to, 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 to score against you. Always. If you pass here, he doesn't succeed. You pass here. Next time, you pass here. You pass there. You pass there. He's a schemer. He's scheming. Tricks. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers and against the authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So there are forces, there are powers, there are authorities that we are wrestling against. Jesus has died. He has shed his blood. Before Paul got born again, he called Paul. Paul after he death, and he, he showed him all this, and he wrote it to the Ephesians. Today, I'm writing to the Anagians that <laughs> we are wrestling, but not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of, over this present darkness. There are powers in this world that are fighting against us, that are trying to pull us down. Don't be deceived. Let our Christianity go beyond uh, just the whatever and then go into the realm of the spirit where we operate in power. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. The armor of God. Armor is the dress that uh, the Roman soldiers wear. Now, we don't, they, they, they don't wear armor again. They stand somewhere and be, they'll be training the business. So, <laughs> so they don't have to wear armor. In the past, when you're going to war, you wear a metal, we'll go through it. And then you go to war face to face, whether it is sword or sword, then they'll try to pierce you with the sword. You must be covered properly so that when they try to pierce you, the opponent tries to pierce you, he doesn't hit you. It's David who, who threw the first missile 
in the back. He threw the missile, and then he went to hit. He didn't go near him. After he died, before he went to cut his head. Anyway, that's by the way. So, <laughs> in those days, the Roman, the Roman armor was complete. It says, put on the whole, this one is wear the armor of God. That you may be able to withstand the evil day. So when the enemy comes, he will not, he will not be able to defeat you. He can't pierce you. He can't destroy you. He can't kill you. Because you are fully clothed with the armor. Verse 40 says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. All circum in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. It's a shield. It's what you, you hold at this, and they do this, and they do this. You must look, you must watch some uh, war films, old ones, you will see, and which you can extinguish, with which you can extinguish all the fiery dust of the When the enemy throws it, you have the shield of faith. Then you are, you, are, you are there. But he will throw it. He has been throwing it. If you don't have the shield of faith, it will hurt you. And take the helmet of salvation. So the head is also covered with a helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. So the sword you use to defeat the enemy. Your, 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 all the rest I mentioned are to defend you. But the sword is what you use as an offensive weapon. Which is the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the enemy comes. You are prepared against him. But let's go through all of them quickly. He says, therefore, take the whole armor of God, verse 13, and that you may be able to stand the very day. Okay, verse 40 says, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth. They said, my word is truth. So even the, belt, the belt of truth is the word of God. So know the word of God. So it becomes a belt of truth for you. It's part of the armor. It defends you against the enemy. So if you know the truth, you don't know the truth, you don't know the word of God, the enemy will hurt you. Your dress cannot be in order. The belt, you use the belt to cover. You know the address is wire, wire, like Agbada. When you put the belt on, it puts, keeps it in order. If you don't have the truth, you will not be in a position to defend yourself. Even your own dress will entangle you. So truth is the word of God. And the breastplate of righteousness says, Christ is our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. And Jesus is the word. So even the righteousness I'm talking about is the word of God. You must know the word of God. Know who you are. So the armor is made up of, so far, you mentioned two. They are all word, the word of God. The truth, the righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The gospel is the good news. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. So those so we see that so far, the armor that we've mentioned are all the word of God. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Faith, it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by all the word of God. So faith comes by hearing. So it's also the word of God that will give you the faith. So our armor so far is all the word. With which you can extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. So everyone is throwing. And then take on the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. Helmet is for the head. So you work with the head and of salvation. Salvation is the good news that Jesus died for us. So you must know that, understand that, and appreciate that, that there's a helmet, there's salvation. It's the word of God. You must know the word about our salvation. And the sword of the spirit. So all the defense ammo, all the ammo is the word of God. Hallelujah. And they say the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So even the sword, so the defense and the, the offense weapon, they are all the word of God. So for us to defend, to defend the enemy who is working in darkness, we must have the word of God. Hallelujah. I must speak to somebody. We can't live without the word of God. Without the word of God, the enemy will destroy you. He will hit you left, right, and center. You are not wearing a helmet. He will hit you. You don't understand your salvation. You don't know who you are in Christ. He will hit you from the head, your mind. He will hit 
your chest if you are, you are not wearing the breastplate of righteousness. You don't know that you are righteous. It makes you feel bad. It makes you feel guilty all the time. The shoes is the gospel, the word of God. Everything is the word. The belt is the word of God. So we need the word of God. Then verse 8, it says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So based on the, having defended ourselves the word of God, they're holding the word of God as a sword of the spirit to attack the enemy now because the sword, apart from attack, is also for defense. So as you have the word to defend yourself completely, you keep praying in the spirit. So our prayer is based on the word. If you don't have the word and you are praying and you are just praying and crying and things, nothing will happen. The generational curse will keep going on. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Perseverance is important in reading the word, in studying the word, in meditating. You must persevere. Things will try to happen to change your mind, to distract you, to confuse you, to put you down so that you don't read the word, but read the word. Our young um, uh, adults or our, our youth who are with us, read the word. Make it a habit to read the word every day. Meditate on the word. Think about the word. Every time I have a word or a theme of scripture going through my mind, every moment, I can be doing anything, but there's a theme of scripture that is with me. This is my sermons, for instance. I'll be, I'll be, the whole week, it will be going around in my mind. I just sit down Saturday night to put them together, but I, I have them. It's coming. I know what is there. It's more than this, but I have to just cut it short. So you must have it, read the Bible, the youth. That will determine your future. I believe in prayer. I love prayer. But praying without the word will not take you far. Have the word and pray. Hallelujah. Prayer is important to dispel the enemy, to defeat the enemy. He works in darkness. But as you pray, the prayer emits light. As you pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings light. It says, pray in the spirit. It means pray in tongues. We believe in praying in tongues. Pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are going to pray. Last week I said something. I said, I said, there are spells on people. Many people are under spell. Many families are under spell. Many cities are under spell. Many villages are under spell. Some businesses are under spell. Some environments, is just, there's just a spell. Things cannot happen. You've been struggling for a long time, and things are not happening. But the Bible, when God called Jeremiah, he said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, he says, Then the Lord put his hand and touched my mouth. Jeremiah was writing. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms. So God will not set somebody over his kingdom. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So it is the words of God that is in our mouth that we use to destroy the enemy. Hallelujah. That we use to bring down his kingdom. This morning, I want us to be on our feet. As we pray, be on our feet. Let's be on our feet. As we pray to destroy the works of the enemy. It says, I've put my words in your mouth over kingdoms and nations to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Hallelujah. In it, Spell, any curse, spells are curses. Any evil force that is working against you. I want us to open our mouth right now and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, shakalabatoseke. If you pray in tongues, pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, pray in understanding. But if you don't pray in tongues, I want you to desire to pray in tongues. And if you desire to pray in tongues, you can see Pastor Yossin or any of the reverend ministers after service, they will help you to pray in tongues. They will lay hands on you, they will teach you, and then you can pray, you will pray in tongues. Very, very important. 
Because praying in the spirit bypasses the enemy. The enemy doesn't understand that. It bypasses the enemy. And able to ambush him. Sharabato seke babakai. You are there. You, are, you, you, are, you know that life is not going the way it should go. You've worked hard. But it is not working. It's, it's not working for you. Know that there's something. I can't say something. If you are pulling a rope and it's not coming, then something's holding it. And we are, pulling, we, are, we are going to the source to make sure that we cut that thing. It's the enemy that's pulling it. It's the enemy that's forcing it not to come. In the name of Jesus. Sharabato seke babakai. Are you praying? I like charismatics. Shakato seke babakai. Shaka babakai babakai. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want us to say this after me and then we'll clap our hands to pray. Lift up your hand. Say, Lord Jesus. As I pray this morning. As I speak into the spiritual realm. I break down every spell of darkness over my life, over my family, over my, my nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, every demon assigned against me, any human agent assigned against me, as I clap my hands and pray, I destroy your works in my life. In the name of Jesus. Now open, begin to pray. Shakarabato seke babakai. Be bato sakaya be babakai. Pura be kata sakabaka bekabe. Harabaka bekabe. Borobato seke babakala kabekabe. Pura bakato seke babakaya be babakai. Pura be kato seke babakala bakabe. He rabakato seke babakai. Ha ya bakato seke babakai. Babakai. He rabakato seke babakai. Rebakatai. Barabato seke babakai. Yeka babakai. Rabakato, Sheke Babakai, Rebekatai, Ayabe, Karabakarabakabe, Bobokai, Rabakarabakabe, Bobakayabai, Babakai, Urabe, Kato, Sheke Babake, Nakabai, Arabakato, Sakayabe, Babakai, Be Kato, Sakayabe, Babakai, Rika Babakai, Erabe, Kato, Sakababakai, Babakai, Rabakato, Sakarabakabe, Babakai, Arabakato, Sheke Babakai, Re Babako, Erabe, Karabakabe, Babakabe, Babakarakabe. Oka bika 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 in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you are there and you know there are issues, you can't read the word. There's something that holds you back. Just put your hand on your chest. Something holds you back from reading the Anytime you want to read the word, something happens. Or you, you are feeling lazy, you procrastinate, and you change it. Or you, you want to move deeper into the word. Put your hand on your chest. Father, I pray for your children. This one's desire to hear your word. They desire to study your word. I pray that desire to come upon them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke the hand of the enemy. I rebuke that spirit, that stops them in the name of Jesus Christ. That destructive spirit that distracts them from reading, from studying your word. That spirit that takes them away from the sword of the spirit and from the armor. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit. You foul spirit tormenting, harassing, and preventing the children of God from going forward. I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I want to pray for all of you. Lord, I pray for your children gathered. Many are frustrated. Many have questioned your willingness. Many know your ability, but many are questioning your willingness because we did not know and the devil is tormenting. The devil is 
bringing darkness. The devil is using schemes against us. This morning, as you've gathered in your house, I pray that your presence, your presence will cause so much light in our lives that the devil cannot stand it. In the name of Jesus, these select ones that you've brought together this morning in this place, I pray, Lord, that there will be a change, a change in the atmosphere, a change in their environment, a change in their spirit, a change in their hearts. Lord, touch their hearts. Touch their hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, as the devil found a way into their heart, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you yourself touch their hearts, that our hearts will be open for your word. That will give us light. In the name of Jesus, I pray for various encounters for these people. I pray that they will receive encounters. Lord, visit each one of us in your own way. You know how to visit each person based on who the person is, whether in our dreams, in our businesses, in our lives, in our marriages. Visit us. Let there be encounters. Let, them, let us meet you. Let us know you. Let us, let, let us know you, Lord. Let us know you. Let us desire a word. Let us know you. Show yourself to us that we shall know that, yes, you are the king of our kingdom. The, the devil has had his way for too long. Today I declare that these ones that you've gathered shall get to know you. These ones that you've gathered shall not be under the spell of the enemy. Every demon assigned, I speak to you as a shepherd of the flock. I say, live right now in the name of Jesus. I chase you out. You foul spirits. You demons assigned from the families. You demons assigned from the community. You demons assigned at the workplace. In the name of Jesus. Leave these ones. Based on the word says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We, the spirit of God that is, is greater than you, foul spirit. So we cast you out. Go right now. May your light begin to shine. In the name of Jesus Christ. And may no darkness suppress you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in. For more inspiring messages like this, search for Prosper Asamwa on your podcast. You are also invited to worship with us in person on Sundays at 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. for the love experience. On Tuesdays, be a part of our Destiny Hour service, teaming with testimonies about the power of God from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can locate Love Sanctuary at Anaji of the Ntankofu Road, a few meters from the Queen of Peace School. Love Sanctuary International, manifesting the love, wisdom, and the power of God. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him.